Welcome to another episode of Start With Hello, conversations about disability. My name is Jason Morrison, and today I wanted to talk a little bit about engagement. And by that, I mean engagement within your disability ministry. On March 22nd, I went to speak at Southeast Christian Church to the Shine Disability Ministry at their volunteer training. I, I believe I had about 15 minutes, and I'd put some slides together, and I thought it went pretty well. And I, I got home, I was, you know, when I went to bed, and I don't know if this has happened to anybody else out there, but at 2 a.m., my brain clicked on. Not just clicked on, it was running at 150 miles an hour, and for some reason, I was thinking about this presentation. Why didn't I say this? Why didn't I do this? There was so much more information that I wanted to give that would have gone beyond the regular 15 minutes that I believe I was allotted. So I thought it would be great to discuss some of that here. And I wanted to give a little bit more background as to why they asked me to talk. I have been teaching the teen class in a disability ministry at Southeast Christian Church, the Blankenbaker campus, since 2020. For those that don't know, they were in the process of building a pretty awesome sensory suite, I guess you would call it, for their ministry. It's it's pretty rare. I don't I don't know many churches that have a disability ministry quite like this one. In fact, there's a lot of churches that have obviously that have no outreach at all. What Southeast Christian Church did was they built nearly a 5,000 square foot space just for disability ministry. And it's equipped with uh, just about everything that you can think of. It's really incredible. And I, I do believe it's also the only ministry that has exterior building signage. There is signage inside. So when, when you walk into the main area, there is no doubt where the shine suite is. You can point right to it. There's, I think, an LED lit sign that's on the wall. Uh, it's really fantastic. So this was a new ministry, uh, I would say. this, Or this, I should probably say this class. So the teen class didn't exist. So you had you had kids and then you had adults. And I really like that they've added this teen class because it helps bridge the gap between youth and adults in a, in a way that's really comfortable for them. I love the fact that I get the chance to do this podcast, and this is one of the big reasons. So my friend Garrett Wall is on staff at Southeast Christian Church, and he works in the disability ministry. And by all accounts, he's one of the coolest guys that that we get to talk with on a regular basis. I mean, everybody just loves Garrett. Me especially, I love giving Garrett a hard time. So I love the fact that I get to share how I was, quote unquote, volunteered to teach. Uh, I remember saying, yep, you know what? I'll help out. I got to step up. I got to do something. I'll, I'll be there. And, my, and really in the back of my mind, my plan was just, I'll show up and, you know, I can help out here and there. But I, I didn't really have a lot of plans to get involved beyond that. And I remember walking around the room and Garrett was showing us the the computer. Here's Here's all the slides for the lesson. Uh, here's how to switch from the service over to the slides. Uh, here's how to control the volume and the lighting. And I I just remember thinking, you know, Garrett, this really sounds an awful lot like I'm in charge. And <laughs> I, I don't remember signing up for that. Uh, I said I'd volunteer, but I didn't really sign up to be in charge. And, you know, Garrett's buzzword is empowerment. And 
honestly, I don't even remember that day if he actually said, I want to empower you <laughs> to do this, but that's what I'm going to say anyway. So uh, we joke around about that, but it, it actually worked out to be really, really awesome for me because uh, stepping up to teach a class, I, I mean, honestly, there's times where I still have a hard time saying that I teach a class at church. That is so, uh, it's just so wild for me that I find myself in, in this position. It has been nothing short of amazing. <laughs> I'm thankful that Garrett had the foresight to empower me to do that. So anyway, I was given this presentation and I pulled this statement from the Shine Disability Ministry website when I was talking to the group. And the statement says, we believe God has given each of us unique abilities and talents for his glory and our good. And my question to the group was, do, do you all really believe that? Like, do you, I mean, that looks cool on a website and it, and it's great to present that to a group, but I mean, do you really believe it? Or do you, do you see every single person that comes into our classes as having a unique gift or ability? Or are we just babysitting? Are we just passing time until parents come? Are we, are we sitting there thinking, good grief, when is this parent going to show up? Because this has been, this has been so tough, a, a really soul crushing thing. When I was talking to our president and CEO, Ryan Wolf, about some of this, he has actually been told by some churches that that's all they do. All they do is babysitting. And I, I'm just thankful that our church has a vision and a staff that goes well beyond that. I'm thankful that the disability blueprint is seen throughout the church and not just a room shuffled across, you know, the back of the church. But that statement, we believe God has given each of us unique abilities and talents for his glory and our good. Uh, that's a that's a pretty important statement and 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 hang on to that as I go through this. So I was scrolling through social media and I don't, you're probably like me, you come across some of these graphics or memes or whatever, and you double tap like, Hey, that's cool. Or, you know, it's inspiring. And you double tap and you keep scrolling. Uh, for some reason, this one, this one in particular made me stop scrolling. Maybe it's just reflective of where I am in my journey and you know, what's going on in my life, but I'll, I'll link this in, in the show notes, but this was really, this was really telling for me. So on the left side, there's a whole column of words and it says problem focused. And on the right, there's a whole section of descriptors and it's solution focused. So the first one, the word is bossy. And then there's an arrow that, that goes across and then it's linked with natural leader or visionary. And then under that is defiant. And then that's linked with hold strong beliefs, bold determined. Now, how about this one? Demanding, dramatic, fearful, fussy, hyperactive, impulsive. So it goes through all of these. And I, I think it can be natural when you come across really anybody and you're thinking, man, they are so bossy. This person is stubborn. But when I saw this graphic, it really caused me to reframe my views to be more in line with that vision. So when somebody walks in and they're defiant, do I see them as a defiant person or am I seeing them as somebody who is bold and determined? Are they bossy or do they sh are they showing qualities of leadership? 
hyperactive. I think we've all seen that one. Energetic, though. Enthusiastic, on the go. I so loved the solution-focused viewpoint. And I think that that kind of taps into this whole engagement piece because if I am only looking at everybody in class as stubborn or talkative or unfocused or wants attention or demanding, I don't know if that's really going to help me engage with them any better. And that led me over to a presentation that Ryan Wolf gave to Southeast Christian Church. And again, I'll link all this in the show notes because this was so helpful and practical information, but he showed this graphic and I'm hoping that a lot of you have already seen this and it's, it's a pyramid and it shows the average student retention rates. And it's based on, uh, I would say the teaching style. So at the very top, there's actually no percentage assigned to it. And it's lecture. The thought here is that if all you do is stand up front and talk, that will be the least amount of retention that the student will have. So reading is 10%, audiovisual is 20%, demonstration is 30%, discussion is 50%, practice doing is 75%, and then the best and highest was teaching others, 90%. And I thought, that's such a great graphic because if... If I'm just seeing somebody as bossy or defiant and all I'm doing is sitting into the back of the room and I'm trying to make them be calm and there's somebody up front talking, the they're really not going to retain as much as they could if we start engaging other parts of this, this pyramid, if you will. And it, it's just really got me thinking about how we're viewing every single person in the class specifically what are their abilities and and that's only going to come when i'm thinking more solution focused than problem focused so i want to mention this idea that i had called uh, head coach and it originated we we had a young man come into our class and at the time i would have said well he is he is hyperactive probably defiant and I would have been more problem focused than, well, not would have been. I was, a, I was definitely more problem focused and I was a little overwhelmed. And I thought, I have no idea what to do. Because if, if you're like me, when you started disability ministry, uh, the staff didn't show up and say, by the way, here's your comprehensive volunteer manual. And it covers all the diagnosis and what to do in every single scenario. Maybe we should create that because I would love to read that and, and have that handy, but I didn't have that. So this young man comes in and, oh, he was hyper. So he would uh, flip backwards on his hands and he would do this upside down crab walk around the room. Sometimes he was running, uh, you name it. But would let, we have like this, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a rocking chair, but it's made out of a, a foam type material. So there's really no hard edges on it. So he loved jumping on that, standing on that, flipping it up on its end. Any kind of thing that you think would make a a teacher nervous. That's what he was doing. And I remember sitting him down one time and I, I think the tendency is when, when somebody is that hyper, all we want to do is get them to calm, just sit down. You got to sit, you got to pay attention. And I, and I remember asking him, I said, Hey, can I ask you a question really quick? And I, and I did ask him to sit down. I said, you're not in any trouble, but I just want to ask you this. How many times a day do people tell you to calm down. And, and I think that's a natural thing. 
for, you know, it's, it's just a natural thing for people to want to say. And I remember he had a little bit of a pause and, and he looked at me and he said, at least 20. And I thought, that's terrible. If he's heard that a couple of times and it's not working, then, you know, we, we've got to move on to the next thing. And, but then I asked him, I said, so how does that make you feel when somebody says, Hey, calm down. And he looked at me and said, I don't like it. And it never makes me want to be calm. And from that point on, I said, well, you know what? You're not going to hear that in here because obviously it doesn't work. That's, that's problem focused. That's not going to tap in to any of his abilities. Uh, if he was capable of being calm and sitting down, he would have just walked in the room and done that. So I, I flipped the script on him. I said, well, you know what? You have all this energy. And he's so sharp. Uh, one of the sharpest kids in the class. And I said, you're going to be in charge next week. And he kind of looked at me as like, oh, I can't do that. And I said, you absolutely can do that. Not only can you do it, but you should do it. You would be fantastic at doing it. So trying to recognize the the energy level and the abilities and, and redirecting that into leadership opportunities, more solution focused, I came up with this head coach idea. So I created a sign, went to Hobby Lobby and bought some foam board so that I can prop this up on the desk and this really big sign that just says the head coach. And I went to Amazon and I bought some penalty flags that they would throw in the NFL. And then I printed our, our class schedule. So we, we follow a pretty, we try to follow a pretty regular routine. And I, I wrote all of that down on a clipboard. So when you come in, if you're the head coach, you've got the sign, you've got a clipboard, you've got penalty markers, you are running the show. What I try to do is I try to step into more of an assistant role. Like I am your employee. So you, you're in charge of the schedule. And if I'm not following the schedule, then you get to throw a penalty flag at me. I, everybody loves coming to church and being able to say, wow, they're telling me I get to throw things now. Uh, that doesn't really happen a whole lot. I get to boss the teacher around. Uh, that doesn't really happen a whole lot. And I, I have so enjoyed watching people step into this role. And they've enjoyed it more than I, more than I really thought that they would. It's just been so fun for me to see this. And and then I'll get into some of this a little bit later, but they, this has just led to so many more different opportunities within our, within our class. So again, at this presentation, I had this quote up here on the screen and I'll read it. And it says, one of our key goals as a ministry is to help our students be as equipped as possible to live out the great commission. And one of the ways we can do that is by allowing those who are interested to serve as a leader in class uh, have that opportunity. And this originated from this head coach idea. So we'd had a couple of our students rotate through and, and some will volunteer. Some, some might not initially want to step up, but they do it. We don't force anybody to, to be in charge if they don't want to. But if you want to be in charge, then we'll definitely let you do this. And so we had. A couple people do it, and, and one of the things that I really love is at the very end of the checklist, it's prayer requests and closing prayer. And, you know, praying in front of people can be mortifying. Standing up in front of class can be mortifying. It was amazing when I watched those sign up to be head coach. When they got to that point, there were several people that closed class in prayer who I had never heard pray out loud. They did a fantastic job. So at the end of class one day, one of the young ladies who was head coach that day, 
she just blurted out, well, I'm going to teach one day. And I thought, you know what? Then you should teach one day. I mean, that's what we're about, right? If we are going to, one of our key goals is to help our students be as equipped as possible to live out the Great Commission, then why would we not give you the opportunity to teach? And I, I remember we were kind of discussing this, and I, and I was dead serious when I said this. And I, I have to be real careful because I've learned the hard way. If you're going to tell somebody in our ministry you're going to do something, you've got to do it because they will not forget. And they will definitely hold you to that. So if I remember right, like her mother approached me after class one day, and, and as we were talking, and, and she just she said, I didn't even know that this was an option for her to teach. And it just made me think about our expectations. If we're saying that one of our key goals is to help students be equipped to live out the Great Commission, then what are we doing to reach those goals? Because if I'm if I'm just sitting in class and I'm just thinking, well, they're bossy or they're defiant, that is in no way helping anybody be equipped to live out the Great Commission. And it made me think about this question. What would the church look like if we weren't just focused on inclusion, but also leadership? of the disability community, if that was the expectation and not just the exception? And I, I would love an answer. <laughs> I would love an answer to that. So all of this sounds great. And, and maybe it makes kind of sense. And you're wondering how to actually apply it. Uh, in this last case with, with teaching, the staff member got with the family and provided the materials that we used to teach and they had practiced at home. And this actually this past Sunday, uh, the student in particular got up and, and I thought she did a phenomenal job. She was, she was so nervous at first. And I told her, you know, I'll be honest with you. I am nervous every single time that I get up here. I do not like speaking in front of people. And she was really shocked to hear that. Cause like I'm up there every week. I'm like, no, what you're feeling is normal. And she did such a phenomenal job with, with leading the class the head coach idea, it, that's something that you can easily fit into your class. This resource is available on our website for free. It's a Word document. You can modify it. I think we even, at Ryan's suggestion, we even put a couple of uh, visuals on there uh, for those that, that might assist with them learning and, and leading a little better. So I would say, first of all, give that idea a shot. Uh, you'd be surprised who wants to step up and and lead. Second of all, I, I really think, and I wanted to, this was what, this is what woke me up in the middle of the night. Why didn't you do a slide with this? And there are times when I think, you know, can I really, can I say it and be that blunt? Or do I have to really be, you know, professional and uh, reserved a little bit? But I, so I'll tell you what I wanted to do is just have one slide. And all I wanted it to say was do something. All of the super cool stories and successes that we have from our ministry were born out of one-on-one -on -one personal engagement. And that will not happen if you are not actively trying to engage with somebody. And, and I, you may be a new volunteer. You may be coming in and you're not comfortable with with the whole setting of disability ministry. Trust me, I understand that. I've, I used to be uncomfortable. My challenge would be do, do something, find someone that you don't know 
who may be sitting by themselves or someone you don't get a chance to talk to often and start with hello. A couple of our friends from our ministry were playing Special Olympics basketball and my daughter Lauren and I would go to the school and watch them and they made us feel like celebrities when we walked in the door. I got so many hugs, high fives, uh, you know, fist bumps, you name it. It was awesome. One night, Lauren went without me and I was going to pick her up a little bit later. And in the car, she shared with me that it was, it was, I don't know if she said it was awkward or maybe she was a little bit nervous, but uh, it was something along the lines of because I wasn't there, it was just a little bit different. Like, so she had to navigate having these discussions, you know, without me. And one of the comments that she made, she said, you just, you can just talk to everybody and you keep conversations going, which is kind of weird because I really don't see myself that way. And I don't know if this is a secret, but this is what I told her. I said, here, here's the secret. All you have to do is ask questions. That's it. Everybody loves to talk to about, especially about themselves and find somebody that you may not know that well and just ask them questions, you know? Hey, so you're playing basketball. Like, do you play any other sports? Oh, you play this other sport. Well, which one is your favorite? And it can just go on and on from there. And next thing you know, you, you've learned volumes about this other person. None of that will happen if you just come into a classroom or a setting and you find that comfortable seat and you don't move. So our, our advice, the, when I really wanted to put that slide up there, was to say, do something. And I really think you'll be surprised as to where that will lead. When, especially when you're coupling that with the reframing and moving from problem focused to solution focused. And I, I wanted to mention this as well, because this was so, this was so heartwarming and just awesome. Uh, this past Sunday, when our student stepped up to teach for the first time, at the end of class, when she left, one of the other students mentioned to one of the volunteers, well, hey, I want to do that. And now how cool is that? So we've, we've got somebody stepping out of their comfort zone to teach class. And because of her bravery and stepping up to do that, she set the example for others and said, hey, you can do this too. And so we're going to be going through the process of getting the materials to their family, walking them through that. And, and I'm just looking forward to that because it's it's going to be really awesome and then I think about the retention rates think about everything that these students are going to remember when they've had to practice the material because they're going to present it I just can't think of anything better than that that's I just get so excited when we get to see these things happen in our ministry so as I wrap this up I don't want to leave you empty-handed so in the show notes and I've said this a couple times I'm going to mention at least three of our resources that relate to uh, this presentation that I gave. So the first is the head coach blog. I've got a downloadable document. I've got taken some pictures of um, how I've created everything. Certainly not the exact way you have to do it. Uh, your Every class is different. The second is strategies for engagement. This was a really, really good talk that Ryan Wolf gave. And we recorded it. Uh, he 
presented this at Southeast Christian Church a while back, and it's uh, in our free training videos. And this has really helped me tremendously. The final is one, it's a training video that, that we put together called Fun Time Fillers. And I got to admit that there's, there's probably a handful of resources that you'll find on our website that are there because of me. And, I, and I'm not saying that as if, you know, I am super teacher. It's actually the opposite. I found myself in situations where I was literally drowning. And then the next day I would email Ryan and say, look, I did this to so terrible. Um, what would you recommend? So if you see some of these recommendations, these training videos or documents, chances are it's because I ran into a roadblock, specifically this fun time filler. I remember teaching class. We had done the introduction. We had done the lesson. We had done prayer requests. We had a group discussion. We, we had done everything in the class. And I think I looked up and we had maybe 25 minutes left. And I could just feel this cold sweat of uncertainty and dread. And I thought, I have so messed up. I have no idea how to fill this time remaining. And so I talked to Ryan about this and he put together this great video called Fun Time Filler. So if you ever have a week where you're thinking the lesson might be a little on the short side and you need something fun, but applicable to ministry, then this is a great video uh, for you to check out. And again, all of these are freely available on our website, along with many more resources to help you and your disability ministry. So I encourage you to take a look at everything because we have so many tools and we're going to get into a lot of those in future episodes. But for now, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time. One in five people in the world live with a disability, so it shouldn't be difficult to find lots of images to represent this. However, that's not always the case. Disability is Beautiful provides an exhaustive library of art provided by and for the disability community. Our photos reflect the beauty, diversity, and strength of the disability community. Whether you're a business owner, a content creator, or an advocate, Disability is Beautiful has photos for use in blogs, websites, social media, printed materials, business, nonprofit, or personal projects. Visit disabilityisbeautiful.com to create your free account and help us change the face of stock photography.